finishes. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to episode 18 of The Crease Die, presented by Barstool Sports, your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats, by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me back again, we've got Robbie O on the mic and Robert championship weekend is finally upon us it is memorial day weekend we are down to the final three games of the division one college lacrosse season this started all the way back the end of january and now here we are the last weekend in may you got to be feeling great how we doing oh yeah i'm feeling great like you said you you almost got me choked up there we started this thing first week of february games were games haven't even started yet and here we are about to head into some Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the boys are going to be boots on the ground. I mean, what a privilege and what an experience it has been covering the college cross season with you. And, hey, it is not done. You and I are going to be boots on the ground at Gillette Stadium this weekend. So I'm super pumped about that. And, uh, hey, man, you're coming into the Big Apple. Uh, what is it? We're recording. We're finishing this episode Friday morning. You're going to be in Saturday morning. And by morning, I mean like 4.30 a.m. So. Yeah, I mean, by the by the time that we wrap up recording all of this, I think that I'll be hopping on a bus from Philly to New York in about uh, in about nineteen hours from right now, and then uh, taking taking a nice little bus, getting nice and gritty on my way up to New York. We're meeting there up is. there, driving from the from the Apple up to Foxborough, uh, and dude, like this is without a doubt the greatest weekend for lacrosse fans i mean this is one of the the very few times like we understand that lacrosse isn't the the most popular sport in the world we understand that it's still kind of a niche sport Mm -hmm. uh but this weekend is where you know even people who don't give a single shit about lacrosse they'll be flipping through the channels they'll see the games on tv and you know this is the one weekend that lacrosse really has to shine and i feel like the sport knocks it out of the park every single year so this year Certainly not going to be any exception. Before we get into our weekend preview, uh, we had a nice little interview with uh, a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball. We we don't give enough credit to those guys, uh, but heading into the final weekend of the season, we made sure to give the the D and the goalie some love. Our first goalie interview of the year comes on the final weekend. Uh, So we had an interview with Dukes, Danny Fowler and Cage and JT Giles Harris uh, down there at defense. So before we get into that weekend preview, let's just kick it over to those boys right now. All right, and joining us right now, we've got a couple of guys who had the task this weekend to stop the Maryland Terps from going into their fourth straight national championship game appearance. We've got Duke goaltender and defenseman. We've got Danny Fowler and JT Giles Harris in the building. Uh, Pretty sure this is, well, not in the building, but pretty sure this is the first time that we've had uh, two guys on at at the same time, uh, especially on the same team. And uh, yeah, I mean, first off, congratulations. Congratulations, boys. I mean, making it to championship weekend. First time in your guys' career. That's absolutely huge. So uh, it was, it was, you know, a ton of fun watching you boys so far. And we're really hoping you keep it rolling heading into this weekend. Yeah, boys. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Talk us right now what's going on. You guys get the Final Four weekend. This is... This is a Duke senior class. Now I know I know Danny. You're a you're a fifth year senior, so you were there. You know your red shirt year at uh, in 2014. But 
you know, this is a Duke locker room primarily that's never made it to Memorial Day weekend. What's been the mentality all week, you know, after you guys came off with that huge dub against Hopkins? Yeah, so, I mean, having not haven't gone through. I mean, listen, even when I was a redshirt freshman, we went, but I was also redshirt and, you know, I wasn't starting. So it was a little bit of a different feel, but, uh, it's, this was like a hump. We really felt like we needed to get over, you know, having the history of the program and you feel like you owe it to the guys who played before you to punch a ticket to championship weekend. I mean, on top of that, just how exciting the whole thing is. But, uh, so, I mean, there was huge energy afterwards and it's, the guys are really fired up and like, that was almost like the goal. Well, it feels like getting to the Final Four is a little bit of a goal, but we, we all really had a bigger goal, which is to win a national championship. And I think after the little one-day hangover of punching the ticket to the Final Four, after we realized that, um, we're really just fired up to play on Saturday. You know, we got a great team we're going to be playing against, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're just really excited to get it going. Yeah, I mean, so, like, and, and like, you guys have – you mentioned this before, kind of, the, like, the legacy of the program um, – you know, Duke is, is a team who, you know, maybe not in the last, you know, three years, but, you know, Duke is a team that is, you know, has pretty much lived at championship weekend, uh, you know, at least over the last, you know, 10 or so years. And I'm pretty sure I, I saw a stat earlier today. I think Anish tweeted it out, something about uh, like regardless of who wins this game on Saturday between you guys and the Terps, it'll be like the ninth straight year where either Maryland or Duke is playing in the Damn. national championship. So you guys, you know, as a program have been there before. And, you know, obviously your coaching staff uh, ha- has been there before. So, you know, I-, I know, you know, JT, a guy like you, this is your first time going to championship weekend. Uh, but like it all, you know, I'm-, I'm assuming the majority of your coaching staff, has, you know, they've all been there before. So, um, you know, what have they kind of been doing to make sure um uh, you know, that, that they're getting, you know, obviously you guys are excited getting to, you know, the Final Four Championship weekend, playing at Gillette. Um, but, you know, wh- what's it been like for those guys to make sure that they kind of just, you know, say, yeah, like you understand you're playing on an NFL stadium, but it's just another game. You know, it, it's good to know that you guys have, you know, a coaching staff, um, you know, who, who kind of knows right. how to game plan for a situation like this, especially going up against reigning champs. Yeah, like like you said, like our whole staff is pretty experienced with it. Like I know Forty Matanowski, he played in two championships himself. Ned Crowdy won a championship. All our coaches uh, have been coaches when they won one. So, uh, like you said, they're kind of like been telling us, oh, it's an NFL stadium, like a bunch of crowd and all that nonsense. But like you can't really just focus on it at the end of the day. It's just like another game that we got to play and we got to go out and beat another team. So nothing really too. Uh, they're not hyping it up as much. They're trying to just make it make it to us so that we know it's just like another game, but just a, a, against a really good team at the end of the year, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, I mean, it's gonna, gonna it's going to be all eyes on you. And you guys are primarily one of the younger teams, I would say. Uh, offensively, you got a lot of, you know, you got freshmen stepping up from all different angles. You got Brad Smith, my boy, shout out to Mountain Lakes. <laughs> and then J, JT, man, you're, yourself, you're a sophomore. You know, what's it like to be out there guarding the number one pole? And, you know, we got Danny in the house right now. Who is your keeper? He's your quarterback. He's the dude who's, you know, he's getting in your grill if you mess up a slide. Or he's also, you know, hyping you up when you make a nice play. So what has that dynamic been like playing with a guy like Danny Fowler? Uh, It's been awesome all year for over two years now. Uh, Like you said, every time we mess up, Danny lets us know. But at the same time, (laughs) every time we do something good, he lets us know too. So uh, just try not to mess up as much so we don't get yelled at. (laughs) 
and because uh, he's pretty intimidating when he starts yelling. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can yell definitely kind of see it. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I only yell when it needs to be done. Right? I try to keep it keep it as calm as I can. So when I yell, it actually means something, you know. Yeah, so I mean, you got Danny yelling at you on one end of the field, and then the other end of the field, you got another senior leader. Uh, doesn't really seem like as much of a yeller, maybe, uh, but I mean, he, he's definitely ah. Be, be careful there. I feel like I feel like he's sneaky. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. obviously, yeah, by now everybody knows that we're talking about Justin Gutterding, who just became the all-time leading goal scorer in NCAA lacrosse history last weekend. Um, so, first off, it, will uh, will will Gutty get into it? Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know what? He's he's as intense as they come. It's actually as I'm saying this, he's like a couple rooms over in my house right now. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah no. he's a reoccurring guest. Yeah. So I've been playing with Justin since I was in like like middle school we started playing on travel teams together and stuff and he's always been super intense um and yeah he's you could tell he's a guy like his success comes from somewhere and it's absolutely his intensity and how much he cares so he won't be yelling at us as much about defensive stuff so to say but just like an overall intensity we need to bring to practice and just like an understood level of energy that's supposed to be brought you know all right, so then I got I got two questions there. Then I got two questions there with with gutterding and practice because on on one part, um, you know, obviously you guys are going up against a uh, you know a, you you guys are going up against a Twarton candidate here, a first team All American in Connor Kelly this this mm-hmm. weekend, um, and you know you two guys are, are going to be in charge of trying your best to shut him down. Um, but I mean, I, I I think what really works in your benefit uh, is that you guys have gotten to you know you guys see a Tewarton finalist and a first team All American every single day at practice in Gutterding. So a, a couple things here. One, um, you know, how does you know having him on the team and kind of seeing a player of that caliber every day at practice help prepare you for this game? And then two, uh, when how how often do the offense and defense get into it at practices? Because I feel like you know what. I feel like you guys, you know, have, uh, you know, a real complete team here. Obviously, you have to be complete to get the championship weekend. Uh, but with both ends of the field being so, uh, you know, so on, on top of their game right now, there's obviously got to be a ton of competition going on. So uh, who, who gets the best out of that competition? And then again, what's it like being able to prepare for this game with a guy like 14 at practice? Um, it's pretty nice having him at practice because, you know, obviously he's, the best goal scorer of all time now he's really freaking good so uh he'll uh he'll throw some stuff in practice that we won't expect he'll he'll shoot it from areas we won't expect so that just makes us prepare like playing against a guy like connor kelly now this week that he's going to do the same exact stuff justin does in practice to us every day so pretty nice and yeah like you said he's just super competitive and in practice defense usually gets the better of him because he'll just get <laughs> super frustrated even though he won't really say that oh defense so, uh, no doubt yeah, always a defense i'd say defense gets the better of him in practice <laughs> defense yeah. defense versus offense was always was always a battle in practice especially if uh if there's some suicides on the line yeah. you, you don't want Danowski uh finding the boys up on the end line yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get it going sometimes with that. And uh, oh, yeah, it's kind of no. funny. Whenever, like, the first groups are going against each other, someone always leaves practice pretty pissed off. It's either the offense or the defense. So it's generally oh, yeah. how it goes. And when there's running involved, it's even worse. So Never want to have that. All right, so you are talking – so Jordy and I are both two lefty attackmen. And, you know, we don't really – whenever we see a goalie, whenever we see a defenseman, at least, Jordy, I don't know if I'm speaking for you – but I immediately look at the way they look, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this kid looks like a duster. I think I'm going to have his number. 
Is there, when you line up against an attackman, uh, when you guys are about to shake hands, is it, do you guys do anything to psych the opponent out or anything like that? Do, do any of you guys have any, I wouldn't say a, a weird strategy, but do you guys play any sort of head, head games that you know of? Any- uh, uh, I definitely do, I'm not going to lie. Um, like, I'll, just, I'll just say some weird stuff, just do some weird stuff kind of like middle of the game, or I'll just like give him a shot run when he's running across the field or something. But usually I'll just say some like stuff that's like, He'll just like have no idea what I'm talking about or something <laughs> weird like that. Uh, <laughs> like this kid always in a straight jacket. How about how about how about you and Ned? I mean, like after well, let's just say I mean it doesn't happen many times, but let's say Fowler gets up a goal and you know he's turning and raking. You know, you you letting the other team have it. Let's say you're up by twelve. Let's say it's a high point team. Uh, <laughs> you know what my my whole thing in general is. I don't really start shit talking, but if it comes at me, I'll, I'll ooh, choose my language. But am I good on here? <laughs> yeah, you're good on there. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I don't really, I don't really talk that much with guys because goalie's like a position where, if I was playing defense, I feel like I'd be all over guys. But I like have to be so focused on just a singular thing and thinking about anything else kind of gets in my way, you know. So I kind of try to keep it to myself, but yeah. I get pretty passionate. And sometimes if Guys get talking to me, I'll get to talking back. But I try to keep my focus pretty singular and and try to stay calm as much as I can because I've realized that's what has helped me the most in my career. There you go. And and kind of piggybacking off of uh, you know what what uh, what Robbie was talking about earlier there, you know just you know kind of eyeing up your your defensing and and eyeing up the goalie, uh, you know. Uh, Real quick uh, for this game on Saturday and for the whole weekend, because uh, you know we're we're hoping that you guys make it to Monday as well. Uh, Danny, are are the uh, are the sweatpants for sure a uh, a go for for Saturday's game? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the sweatpants are always a go. I uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you know what I started doing it. What was it like? junior some point like my red shirt sophomore year started wearing them and I started playing well with it and it kind of just became a thing and caught on I was like all right I can't change it now so uh dude I I, I hate goalies <laughs> that wore sweatpants <laughs> hated it just get them nice roll, and baggy you rolled them up though a little bit so that it's not it's not nearly as bad as at least at least when the the weather gets warmer who is like that one up. goalie from Syracuse oh Galloway um, Galloway Galloway yeah he yeah. was he oh when I think of a goalie in sweatpants he's like the godfather <laughs> yeah I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he would also rub dirt on his face as his eye black or something like that yeah, I remember he did. like he I did. remember what <laughs> He's crazy. I remember Quint like talking about that like every single chance that he had that that year <laughs> that they were in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just speak speaking of because a defense, you know, lacrosse is a very matchup oriented game. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be someone that you're going to see Memorial Day weekend. Just in JT, your two years starting at Duke, uh, Fowler, your what ten years playing at Duke. <laughs> who, 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 who JT for you have has been the hardest matchup one on one, and then going to you, Fowler. Who's been the one guy who's kind of had your number and it, uh, since you know you've been starting at Duke? Uh, JT, you want to start off? Give me a minute to think here. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Um, for me, probably like whenever I got on him uh, the past two years, it's for a rough one. It's okay. been uh, Pat Spencer, you know. Cause I, you never know like where he's going to go. Cause he can go both ways and he's just like super smooth with his footwork, super smooth with his stick. So that's always a tough one. And he's a big dude. He's like six, three, like 200, 205 or something like that. So yeah, 
Yeah, he's 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 yeah. he's not a small body. I mean, hey, dude, you're not a small, but dude, you're two ten. I, I will. I'll ask you later. Uh, me and Jordy Loki have asked like three guests what their weight room stats are. But uh, real real quick side note: How didn't you get like twenty D one football offers coming out of high school? Uh, you don't need to brag. You don't need to brag, but you can brag. <laughs> I had like yeah. 10, 10 uh, or eleven. The boys got to feet. Uh, for me, you know, it's uh. The funny thing Valor. is, like, at some point or another, probably the entire ACC has had my number over the past four years. But <laughs> at one day – yeah, but uh, I don't know. Sergio Perkovic was one guy who just always brought an absolute cannon. Um, yeah, him and uh, – a lot of those Syracuse guys too, man, were real slick. Mm-hmm. Or Nick Mariano last year, uh, who's another guy who's always had a couple yeah. on me. But, yeah, those two – yeah, yeah I'd say probably Perkovic, the guy I can played against consistently the most in my career who – brought the most heat i'd say yeah i mean i uh dude you're a yeah you're a fucking sicko for even thinking about <laughs> stepping into one of those shots that's actually our real quick is is uh is is danny the first goalie that we've had on the uh oh dude so this is oh yeah this is the first yeah, goalie he's that the first, we've he's had the first on the dive, so i haven't got a chance to tell a goalie yet on the podcast but you guys are all fucked in the head <laughs> you know what man it was uh it started off my older brother stuck me in net in the front yard when i was younger um oh, no. my older brother brent <laughs> so he wanted funny. someone to shoot on right and i kind of picked up i was like I, I embraced it a little bit i asked my dad if i could get a goalie stick and then the rest is history i always played a little bit in the field a little bit in net and then i kind of just wrote it out yeah, so I mean, it starts off in the backyard with fiddlesticks. He's, uh, you know, he's shooting on you with tennis balls, and it just ultimately leads to, all right, all right, Danny, t- time for you to put the chin strap on. You're, you're gonna be a goalie for your lacrosse yeah. career. Yeah, somewhere along the line, it became hundred dollars. You know, <laughs> let's just talk about an absolute Duke Blue Devil legend when it comes to Final Four weekend, and that is your brother Brendan Fowler. H- has he, you know? How much of a role model and inspiration has he been to you? Uh, has he been to you? You know, on, on this let's let's just say your your senior year ride. Obviously, he's been a huge impact your whole career. But you know, this last ride for you uh, as a blue as a Duke Blue Devil. Yeah, he's been. Um, Brendan's really he's really helped me keep things in perspective. I mean, he's obviously a guy who tough game, whatever. Call him, talk to him, and uh, he's helped me keep things. Like after we lost to Notre Dame in the ACC semis, like tough week in practice i was all pissed off he's like dude you have how many more weeks of this possibly like don't let anything get in the way of enjoying it you know it's just little things like that talking to him has helped me along the way and i mean my whole life just keeping him as a role model in front of me has uh has helped out and i don't think i'd be where i am without him to be honest and i'm hoping to do a little bit of what he did a couple of years back this weekend Oh yeah, it would definitely uh, would definitely be nice to add some more hardware to the uh, to the family. There's a living room full of medals. <laughs> and, and so I mean, and and if you guys are going to be bringing some more hardware to the living room, uh, obviously it, it's going to need some uh, a big weekend out of UJT. Uh, so r- real quick, I, I've got you know so. You're, you're obviously, you know, you're, you're thinking about this weekend. Um, you know, you're kind of trying to visualize the, the way that this game's going to go. In your perfect world, like in your, like you go to sleep tonight, you're dreaming about this weekend coming up at Gillette. Would you rather have a, would you rather get your first goal of the season or just land a nasty, <laughs> nasty check that ends with a helicopter and a yard sale all over the place? Which one for you? You know, you're on the huge stage. You're on Gillette. 
which one are you, you know, kind of foaming at the mouth for more? Uh, I think a goal for me. I got, I got a little beef with uh, Kevin Quigley on our team. He always says I can't shoot, so if I score a goal, I'm going right to his face. <laughs> dude, long pole scoring in on Memorial Day weekend for Duke has uh, there, there, there's a good yeah, hit. there is, and also that that's a way to get the crowd yeah. bumping too. I mean, you score a goal in that stadium, it's gonna get it's gonna get rowdy. You ever see JT pick up a ground ball and run up field? He looks like a uh, running back. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. It's it's do scary. You, do, you, do you have a uh, do you, would would you have a goal celebration in mind, or are you going to have to take uh, dude? You're going to have to take some uh, some lessons from Nakai, who has come on to the scene yeah, of this tournament. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to get some lessons. I don't got one right now. <laughs> yeah, you're here first. JT Giles will score more than we can. But I go on. <laughs> dude, I I just want to talk about Nakai Montgomery real quick. Because he seemed like I obviously you know he you guys have seen him all year practice, um, but for most people you know who, who are just you know watching games came onto the scene so far this tournament three goals in your first game I think he had what two against Hopkins yeah dude at a, at a really time, key time every time he scores two his celebrations are goddamn like I'm I'm sitting here watching on my TV. <laughs> And he throws like the, the fit. He does whatever he does, and I'm like standing up on my like I'm like I feel like I'm like on the sideline, just like going like crazy. You're like doing it with him. <laughs> yeah, Nakai is uh he's great, man. He's so like it's kind of funny, like him and all like the fresh. He's got like the swag to him, like him. Him and the like four or five years later, they're talking in like this lingo and language I can't even understand some of the some of the shit they're saying. But it's uh yes, yeah, Suf. What a <laughs> all this different weird stuff they say. Oh no. What's Suf? Is that does that mean something's cool? Does that mean something's ugly? Old heads over here. <laughs> it's, it, it's means, like it means cool. swear on yeah. our friendship. So I get like he'll just, but like we kind of I heard him saying it, so I just started saying it to everything to bust his balls a little bit. But it was uh, so I kind of just started using all the stuff sarcastically. But now I actually talk like them when I'm around them. It's pretty funny. Um. Okay. So I don't know if, you, if a lot of you guys know this, but I can't stand. Uh, Duke, whether it doesn't matter what sport it may be, probably, yeah, no, I, I oh, damn. oh, yeah, no, fantastic way to start. <laughs> That's a great question. way to start Hate this question. Duke. Could never stand him, especially basketball. Really good friends with Justin Gutterding. He was, uh, you know, best friends with my roommate at Lafayette. He came on the podcast twice, got you guys there now. I actually went fanboy mode. We actually had uh, Jordy Wolf on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And after the podcast, I was talking to him, thanking him. I messaged him this week, and I asked for one of his hoodies. So I want you to know that your boy will be rocking the Duke Blue Devil colors. Uh, this <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So when you guys oh, see me and Jordy in the stands, hopefully sideline passes, probably sideline passes, uh, your boy will be rocking uh, that blue. So just want you guys to know that. <laughs> I love that. We appreciate it. I'll bet. <laughs> that's uh so if you know for people who might be just listening for the first time uh robbie o is known (laughs) to flip-flop on this podcast mostly when it comes to his picks for the weekend on who's gonna win uh he'll start off saying one team will flip to another hell he may even flip back a third time but this might be the biggest robbie o flip-flop of all time he started a question saying that he hates duke and all of a sudden it's all about delivery man (laughs) Uh, yeah, hype it up. <laughs> um, but, but real quick, 
Yeah, and then uh, so I only have one more question here for you guys, and it's something that uh, you know Robbie kind of brought up a little bit there by bringing up the Duke basketball team. Uh, so you know, here's you know I, I think it's it's pretty unfair, uh, a, a little fucked up if you will, that if Duke wins a national championship in basketball. You know, those guys get to come back to campus and they have the entire student body still there since school's still going on. Uh, but, you know, if you guys are lucky enough to leave Gillette this weekend with the hardware, uh, you know, are, are you guys going to be going back to a to an empty campus or, or is there going to be anything going on there for you boys? Or do you, know, do you guys still have people still there or what's going on with uh, that? That'll probably be a pretty empty campus coming back to, but did it in 2014 and it was still an absolute blast. We kind of start the season and I mean, 90% of the time, when we play big-time games, we'll get some fans and stuff around, but a lot of time it's really just the 45, 47 guys that we're doing it for, you know? So, like, now our whole travel party is usually at two away games, like 50-something. Now we have, like, 80 people, people, like, kind of hopping on. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool that, like, you know, we come back, we win, it's, like, just us. You know, I mean, obviously it would be cool to come back to a wild student body, but we kind of look at the positives from it, and it was still an absolute blast in 2014, so... If we could do it again, I'd be happy. Yeah, man. All you really need is your boys. That's about it, dude. Lacrosse, dude, the team is your fraternity. It's your second family. So, yeah. yeah. Th- thank yeah. you, guys. I mean, Jory's, Jory's going to close us off, but I just wanted to thank you guys both for coming on. I know this is a really busy week for you, a really exciting week for both of you um, for Memorial Day weekend. Jory and I will be up there. But, uh, yeah, man, thanks for stopping in, chatting with us, and, you know, you got our blessings and uh, our support, so really appreciate you guys taking the time to come yeah, on. Thanks boys. for having us. Yeah, yeah I mean, thanks guys, a lot. Sure. You, you boys got Robbie O in a Duke hoodie, so you definitely, uh, you definitely have the support of the crew staff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, thank yeah, you guys. So, yeah, best of luck to you boys on Saturday. We're looking forward to seeing you. And uh, listen, if if you see us sneaking onto the sideline a little bit, uh, you know, just kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of just let us blend in there, and we'll, uh, we'll give you, know, you the we'll, head. We'll get on the hype squad, hype squad when Nakai pops off for a couple more goals this weekend. <laughs> just, just trainers, just feeding them Gatorade. There you go. All right, boy. Hey, good luck this weekend. We'll see you guys. Thanks a lot for jumping on with us. We'll talk to you. All right, thanks a lot, see guys. Later, fellas. All right, and thank you again to both those guys for coming on. I know that they, uh, you know, they had a huge week preparing for this weekend, and uh, you know, they they were good enough to give us a few minutes of their time there. Uh, and obviously, they they're going to have their hands full this weekend going up against the defending champs. But that's going to be the two thirty game, Duke versus Maryland. Let's start off our weekend preview of championship weekend with that game at noon, the game that is kicking off all the festivities on Saturday. And it's a rematch of the game that we've already had earlier in the year. We've got the Albany Great Danes playing in their first Final Four ever, going up against the Yale Bulldogs playing in their first championship weekend since 1990. Couple of dogs going at it. This is a game that earlier in the year, this was uh, this was an April 22nd game, and Yale waxed the shit out of Albany. That was a 14 to six waxed final. Them. Now here's the thing, Albany. They, uh, you know, they they had a, a bye week heading into uh, like no excuses or anything, but they had a bye week. They came out. They played against, uh, you know, so they didn't play for like two weeks. They played against Binghamton on that. I think it was a Friday night game. Uh, no disrespect to Binghamton, but like you guys aren't a real game. Uh, and then 
And then they had Yale on that Sunday. And this was right as Connor Fields was just coming back. He had just an assist in that game. Obviously, wasn't uh, you know even close to healthy in that game. So Yale. They got you know maybe a little bit lucky with catching Albany at a bad time, but still a 14-6 game. Like that's just a beatdown. Yeah. So Robbie O, do you you know, I, I feel like I, I know your answer on this one. Uh, but do you think that we see a repeat of that April 22nd game, or do we think that Albany is going to be able to kind of learn from what happened in that first game, come back and make this one a thriller? Well, I don't think we're going to see a repeat, and I'm sure I speak for everyone in the lacrosse community where I say I sure hope we don't see a repeat. No one wants to see a 14-6 to Final Four game. I, I don't care uh, what teams are playing. But, you know, you know my slogan. I've been saying it for 17 weeks now. It is very hard to beat the same team twice That be in one season. That being said, you're right. Connor Fields was fresh off the injury. He was nowhere near 100%. He was nowhere near um, the recovery that he's made now. My only thing is throughout this back end of the playoffs, so the American East Conference for Albany, and then once the tournament started, Connor Fields was very limited. And everyone, and you know, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. You were the conductor of the Dane train, and I've hopped on it, but you didn't pick. Albany to beat Denver due to the fact that Connor Fields wasn't a hundred percent and whatever weapon X or their number one would be taken out. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm right there with you in the sense that, you know, Connor Fields, he's, he's done enough for his team for them to get to this point where, where they are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as being an actual difference maker, I, I think that he's kind of been able to pass along those responsibilities to other guys on the team that's what was really holding me up about this Albany team when he went down. I just didn't know if guys would be able to rise to the occasion and really take over for, you know, losing fields. They proved to me so far that, you know, you know, Dehoga, he he's not like, you know, yeah. Dehoga is is a stud. He's everything that we thought he would be. That goal that he had against Denver last weekend boy. with the little with the, the big boy bully ball just shoving off his defender, stepping in and just ripping cheese. Um, yeah, that that um, that is not a freshman move. But you know, this is I feel like we're seeing a different Albany team. Al Albany started off so so hot. Um, you know, they they were playing in their American East Conference, and no disrespect to that conference or you know my boys over at uh, Vermont, the Catamounts. But Albany's schedule in the beginning of the year, they were they're out of conference play. Like they were playing in Syracuse. They went to the dome and they just put on a clinic that they were just playing so much better. And then they had kind of a little bit of a slump uh, in the beginning of this, in the middle of the season when they played UMBC lost to UMBC. And I think we're seeing this kind of rebirth Albany team, the same Albany team that we saw in the beginning of the year. And it is the best time for Scott Marr to have his Danes in the best shape possible. Yeah, and you know, like uh, you know, that that Yale game earlier in the year where you mentioned, uh, you know, the the other supporting cast on this team, they weren't able to step up and fill in that role for for Fields. They definitely did not. I mean, a fourteen to six game that kind of speaks for itself. Uh, but you know, I I think you know what's going on now is that they've been able to play. You know, so that was you know, I guess Fields got hurt. Uh, you know, kind of early in uh early in April. And they were still trying to figure out, you know, how to play without him. It's been long enough now. 
to where first off, you know, he's feeling a little bit better. He's still clearly not even close to 100%, but he's still feeling a little bit better. And the guys have been playing with a banged up Connor Fields for long enough where they know what they need to do in order to be successful. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm again right there with you where I think that, you know, this team kind of lost its way a little bit when Fields first went down with an injury, but now they're starting to figure it out. And now we're seeing that same team that we saw earlier in the year. Uh, but, you know, for Yale, I mean, this is a team that, you know, they, they haven't had any drop, you know, they had a drop off against Cornell in that Ivy League final. But other than that, they haven't had a drop off all season. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're, that, they're two, goal, they're two against, goals away from being undefeated. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, you know, that game against Loyola last weekend, uh, you know, now granted, you know, that game uh, was Loyola played like the worst game possible. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Yale looked dominant. Now I'm trying to think if Yale looked so good because they were playing so well, or if Yale looked so good because Loyola was just playing a pretty terrible game, it might be a little bit of a combination of the both, but what's, you know, what Yale was able to do in that game, especially in the rain. I mean, that 10 man ride is no fucking joke. No. Um, you know, teams, teams have difficulty getting in transition with them. I think that that might be something that Albany is able to do a lot better than Loyola is just because Albany, they don't really have a style. Like, I don't know if they have like a set clear. I don't know if they have a style. Like they just kind of like ball out. They read and react on the field and they do whatever they need to do to get the job done. So when you put up a, you know, a 10 man ride against them, I think that they're going to be a little more creative than Loyola is and finding ways to beat that, you know, 10 man ride, but that's still going to be something that I think is going to kind of slow down this, this high potent Albany offense. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, for Yale in this game, a couple things are really important for them, uh, is one that, that 10 man ride and then Connor Mackey's going to have to find a way to slow down TD Erlin in the faceoff X. I mean, Erlin is a, uh, you know, he's a second team, all American faceoff guy. Last week he went up against Trevor Baptiste, the goat first team, all American. And he made that a 50, 50 game, but when you actually watch the game, the numbers say 50-50. That wasn't a 50-50 game for TD Erlin in the faceoff X. He was winning those faceoffs when they meant the most. Um, you know, I, I think you know going four for four to start off that game was huge for them and getting momentum. So not every single faceoff counts as much as as the others. Uh, so I think that out of all the faceoffs, he won the more important ones out of that 50-50 match. So now he has to. Go, he went up against a first-team All-American face-off guy last week. He's got a third-team All-American face-off guy coming up this week in Connor Mackey. And I think Mackey kind of gave it to Erlin a little bit in that uh, in that previous game. Yeah, he uh, he gave him the business there. Gave him the business. And again, though, I I, I feel like that's almost better for Albany because now Erlin not only has a revenge factor, but he has so much stuff on film right now on what he needs to do better to beat Connor Mackey. Meanwhile, Connor Mackey's watching film from that last game on April 22nd, and he's seeing Erlen just getting, you know, shit pumped. So, you know, he doesn't really have much to go off of. Obviously, he can watch him against Baptiste. Baptiste. Where, you know, where he, he was going, right? <laughs> but I, I just think that – I think uh, I agree. I think that losing earlier in the season is probably going to be pretty good for Erlin in this game, and especially having the confidence factor that he just went 50-50 with Trevor Baptiste now going up against Mackey. But in order for Yale to win, I think that they're going to need to win those face-off battles, and they're going to need that 10-man ride to really slow down Albany's offense. I just I, I don't see that happening, and I, I, 
I do think that Albany comes out on top of this one. It's it's going to be tight. Ben Reeves is obviously going to have himself a day. I think uh, you know I think a lot of people are going to be able to see a guy like Joey Sessa kind of ball out a little bit out there. Uh, you know Jackson Morrill has been having a great tournament so far. So I mean they're gonna Yale's going to get their goals. Yeah. I just don't know if they'll be able to slow down Albany enough for them to not put up you know twelve thirteen. The, their Albany's defense has always kind of been the the Achilles heel to making them. Memorial Day weekend team and this 2018 Albany lacrosse team, their defense has been nothing but impressive, shut down, and pretty tenacious. Like I was watching the game uh, against Denver and I was texting you. I was like, Ethan Walker was trying to dodge and he was just getting absolutely. They were they were taking chops. This is this is a no joke blue collar Albany defense who. I would not take lightly. I think they're going to come at you physical, uh, physically. I think they're going to press. I think they're going to press out. I think we're going to see a very aggressive Albany team from both sides of the fields. I think Scott Marr really knows what he's doing. I think he's a fantastic players coach. And when it comes down to the X's nose, the, the guy knows what he's doing. But I mean, Dehoga when he came onto the podcast, I'm sure why a lot of these offensive-minded people. Even defenders like uh, Troy Ray, who has 11 goals on the season. We, dude, the Depot had a hat trick um, for, to, to open up uh, the NCAA playoffs. But they just kind of roll the ball out and play, and it's what's really been working for them. I think you're right. I think it starts at the faceoff X, and I mean, everything starts at the faceoff X, but the game will be determined at the faceoff X and in between the lines. If Mackey can get TD's number again, I, I think we're going to see, and I know. We don't want to see it. I said I don't think we're going to see it. We might see a one-sided uh, Yale Bulldog game. I, I think if if Albany's not getting the ball and TD er, and Mackey is just controlling the X, Albany's going to be in for a long day. But I, I, I got Albany winning this game. I think Albany's playing hot at the right time. I think you got a Fields back. You got Dehoga, who is just not playing like a freshman. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, this is. Oh yeah, all the pieces are are going into play for this uh for this uh Albany team. A little scattered right now, but dude, Robbie O is all aboard the Dane train. I'm hopping on Albany. Jordy, who do you got for this game? Yeah, I I mean I gotta be Dane Train. Um, you know, even as a bulldog owner, uh, I'm gonna have to pick against you on this one because I'm I'm all on the Dane train for this one. Um yeah, I mean, dude, just just watching, you know, Scott Marr celebrate on the sideline after taking down Denver last week, like I was ready to like I would run through a wall for that guy, and I'm just watching on TV, so I I can't imagine, you know, how that uh you know how that team actually feels in the locker room right now. So, uh, yeah, I I think, you know, I I think everything that that we've said so far, I'm I'm. We've been wrong before. I feel pretty confident that we are probably right in this one. So I like all like being coming out here in a tight game. Uh, I just don't see TD being, you know, getting smoked again at the face-off X. And as long as Albany's being able to, you know, as long as they have the ball, um, you know, they have the ballers to put the ball in the back of the net. So. I will say Jack Starr for Yale, the freshman keeper, went from in the Ivy League <laughs> tournament or against Cornell, he had a 12% save percentage. 
He's been playing exceptional, and he's been keeping them in games. There were a couple on the doorstep uh, saves that he made against Loyola that could have easily uh, swung the other way. So Jack Starr has been playing on his head, and I think this goes without saying, you know, Fake has just been such a pleasant surprise, best freshman defender in the country. So um, Yale is, you know, they got a lot riding with them too. So, but I'm right there with you. Uh, usually I'm pretty 50-50 and I know I don't I know I don't really sound too confident, but this is an Albany team where I'm going to put all my chips in. When I they're playing with such a confidence and swagger and I said it once, I'll say it again. When you l- lacrosse is 90% mental and when you got a team clicking and firing on all cylinders and have that confidence with you and you step onto the field with that and like you're with your brothers, like this is the time school is done everything's over you know it's just you and your boys your second family i think this is an albany team that's got it together and it's led by scott mara like i said i'll say it once again i'm all aboard the day train yeah and i mean listen like when you get the championship weekend every team and every player on that field is nasty so obviously <laughs> you know nothing here is a lock uh because like there there's no layups in championship weekend so uh, but yeah, I think we're both riding on the Dane train on that one. And then coming up at 2.30 on Saturday, we've got the reigning champs, the Terps, going up against the Duke Blue Devils, getting into uh, the Final Four for the first time in most of these seniors' career, unless they're uh, a redshirt senior who have been at Duke for the last you know 25 years like Danny Fowler. <laughs> uh, but, so we've got Duke versus the Terps. The Terps playing in their fifth straight championship weekend. Uh, you know, it's an unreal run by this program headed by John Tillman. So like you head into Gillette and, you know, I'm assuming that for, you know, for most of, most of these kids at, uh, you know, at championship weekend, this is their first time on this stage. You know, this is the first time that they're, you know, they're playing in an NFL stadium, uh, it, it's going to be a lot to take in for, you know, a lot of these guys at championship weekend, um, you know, and, and you know, the, the whole week preparing for the weekend, uh, I'm sure that they all have a bunch of like media responsibilities. They all have a bunch of, you know, the practices, the, the big stage, everything like that, a lot to take in for Maryland. Like this is basically a home game for them because they've made championship weekend their home over the last five years. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's obviously going to go a long way, especially in the beginning of the game. I could see, Ooh. you know, I could oh. see Maryland kind of coming out here in the beginning um, and and maybe taking advantage of Duke's jitters a little bit. You know, not jitters or nerves, but like <laughs> it's just a new thing they're, for Duke yeah, here. They've um, never been here before. Yeah, so I mean, they, yeah, no, these players haven't been here before, but Danowski definitely has. Well, yeah, but but I just feel like. You know, I I just feel like this is, you know, a Maryland team who feels like like championship weekend is their home. So they're not going to come out tight at all. You know, this is just a regular game for them. Um, But I do think, uh, you know, this this Duke team right now led by Justin Gutterding, the NCAA all time leader in career goals. uh, Congrats. I don't know if we uh, put it on the podcast yet or not, but congrats to him for for getting that record. Justin's been a huge supporter of the podcast so far, recurring guest, and it's great to see him get that honor. Um, and and with the way that that offense has been snapping, I think that you know the second half in this game is probably going to be the most entertaining half of the weekend. Robbie, oh, what yeah. are your thoughts on the Blue Devils and the Terps? 
I mean, this is the game I think the entire country is the most excited for, just because you're seeing Duke versus Maryland, uh, just two teams that have always been lacrosse powerhouses. Now, I have a quick question for you. The game will be play, played in Gillette, and you, you're right. Maryland has kind of made Memorial Day weekend their second home. What do you think the crowd split's going to be? Ooh, that's uh, – I feel like – I'm leaning Duke. I'm I'm thinking Duke as well. Uh, like you see them in basketball, th- th- those fans travel, and there's Duke fans everywhere. You you can't. Uh, I'm in New York City right now. You're in Philly. I'm sure you just walk down the street and find uh, some <laughs> some old guy with a Duke basketball. Yeah, hat. and also like you mentioned this in the uh, in the interview with uh, JT and Danny, where you know you're you're not a huge uh, you know at least heading into the season. You know you weren't a huge Duke guy. <laughs> Me neither, and I, I feel like Duke and the Patriots are very similar in the sense that you know they're just they're pretty hateable if you're not like born into fandom of them. Um, so I feel like I feel like there's just a lot of similarities fantastic between analogy. The, the Duke Blue Devils and the New England Patriots. So I feel like them being at Gillette uh, is is going to be kind of right at home there in that sense. Uh, so I, I I think that the I'll, I'll be leaning a little bit more towards Duke in the uh, as far as the crowd goes, um, but again, like Maryland, I feel like every single Maryland like lacrosse alumni knows that they can't make plans for Memorial Day weekend at this point because the boys are mm-hmm. going to be playing championship weekend. So I, you know, they're obviously going to be out in full force as well. Yeah, or if you're like Jordy Wolf though, who uh, <laughs> if you guys uh, listened to the interview, I kind of went uh, fanboy there, went sorority, sorority girl mode. He's a recurring guest, but uh, I asked him for uh, one of his uh, Duke, Duke lacrosse hoodies. Maybe a weird move, uh, but he will be playing. Uh, he will be playing down in Florida in the MLL. Uh, but there is going to be no shortage of alumni there. It's going to be. I mean. <sighs> That whole – and, you know, JT and Fowler were talking about it. Justin's talked about it in the past. That whole coaching staff, um, you know, with Donowski, um, with Crotty, they've been here before and they've won. Um, their alumni are very, very involved with the program, kind of guiding these kids on, you know, how to handle the pressure and all that. Because remember, this is – like you stated earlier, this is a – from fresh from when Justin's class was a freshman to now senior year, they've never ever made it to Memorial Day weekend. So this has got to be obviously a little bit overwhelming and exciting at the same time. But if you can turn that nervous energy into a positive, they're going to be a, a very dangerous team. But speaking of dangerous teams, let's talk about Maryland. What has been your key takeaways this tournament from Maryland? Well, I mean, we we mentioned this before. Like they looked bad against Robert Williams. like that was just that was just a scary game for the reigning champs um you know and and you know obviously it was just that first half but like the defense just didn't look uh you know they, they just looked like they were they didn't realize that the game was that day or something like that now against Cornell uh you know I think that you know obviously the defense looked great they were able to shut off Jeff T and you know this is another one though where like like I feel like Yale's win over Loyola doesn't sit as well with me because Loyola played so bad that game. And also Maryland holding Cornell to eight goals. It was a great defensive performance by them. On the flip side, 
Cornell was fucking dumb that game. Like, how do you not like? How do you not change up the game plan at all to like try to do anything to get keep the ball? Like, obviously, the numbers are there. Like, everyone who has like half a brain, a couple eyes, and and maybe one ear knows that Cornell's offense, when Jeff Teed is getting shut off, only averages about that eight goals a game. And when he's you know getting his touches, you know there are twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Like the drop off is so significant. That the fact that Cornell was just like, oh, okay, like you want to take away our best player? Fine. Like we'll, we'll go five on five. We'll go five on <laughs> five. And it's like that doesn't work, dumbasses. Like I thought you guys were supposed to be smart in the Ivy. So I like <laughs> did Maryland do their job against Cornell? Absolutely. They defensively shut that team down, and that's you know what they needed to do. I just it doesn't look as good to me with the if you couple in the fact that Cornell played it so dumb. But on the flip side of things, the offense was snapping off as well. And and what it's been is, you know, like I, I said in the weekend preview last week that the freshmen on Maryland needed to contribute a, a, a couple goals each um, in this game against Cornell. Bubba Fairman led the way for the Terps last week with five points on three goals and two assists. Bubba, it was he had a he's had a coming out party for a lot of this year. But last weekend was like his show. And then Logan Wisnowskis had two and two last week. So, you know, they're getting the, you know, they're getting the contributions from those younger guys who, you know, they haven't had to rely on so much this season when you have a guy like, uh, you know, when you have Rotans, when you have Connor Kelly, um, you know, when you have those guys all season, you can rely on them to get you to this point. But now you need some difference makers. Now you need some X factors. And I think, you know, Bubba Fairman, Logan Wisnowskis, younger guys like, you know, like Jared Bernhardt, um, those guys making sure that they're doing work on the offensive side of the ball is huge because obviously a, a ton, a ton, a ton of, uh, you know, focus is going to be geared toward Connor Kelly uh, by Duke's yeah. offense, by Duke's goalie. So, you know, when, when you're focusing in on that guy who, you know, he's a Tawarton finalist, he's a first team All-American, like he deserves all of that attention and respect. But when you're doing everything to game plan around that guy, and then, you know, you have Bubba Fairman and Logan Wisnowski. It's a scary in, team. Like that, that's been my main takeaway is that, you know, they haven't had to rely on just one person to get them there. Um, now, at the same time, Duke's the same way. I mean, uh, you know, just Justin's been having a, a pretty good tournament so far. Uh, you know, and, and last week against Hopkins, he had three and two. But you know, we mentioned in that interview with Danny and JT, you know, a kid like Nakai Montgomery who only had six goals in the regular season, and now he's had five in two games so far this NCAA tournament. It's all about you know, everyone knows the best players on on each team. You know, you you've got. You know, you've got Fields, you've got DeHoga, uh, you've got Ben Reeves, you've got Connor Kelly, you've got Justin Gutterding. Like you have Tawarton finalists and first team All-Americans all across the board. It's going to be the guys who don't get as much shine who need to really step up this weekend in order to make the difference for their team. Yeah, and I, I think this is why all season long for the 16, 17 weeks, you and I have been just flirting with the idea of Maryland being number one in the country, Duke being number one in the country. They both had their turns. You look across this roster, they are so deep. And you touched on a bunch of names. You know, yes, you have Connor Kelly, but then you got guys like Bernhardt, Wisnowskis, Rotans, and then obviously, like you said, Bubba Furman, a true freshman, has just been absolutely popping off this tournament when, you know, they need him the most. And my key thing about this 
Maryland team is take Connor out of the equation. You know, obviously they have him as a midfielder or whatever. He, he plays attack. He came on the podcast. He's like, I'm an attackman. Still pretty confused, uh, you know, why they have me as a midi. Uh, could, could be a nice little uh, strategy there by Tillman, but who knows? Anyway, you take him out of the equation. You got Jared Bernhardt, Logan Wisnowskis, and Tim Rotance, a senior who's already been to Memorial Day weekend three times. You only have one deep uh, LSM. You pull Bernhardt, that's fine. You give Tim Rotans a shorty, and I've been saying this all year, and we talked with Rambo about this with Tim. He he is the one guy who just does not get enough credit. And you've been vouching it, you've made blogs about it, that hockey assists need to count. For a guy like Tim Rotans, he'd have the He'd have the record play, you know, playing with uh, you know Rambo, Heacock, and all those guys. This guy's a senior now. He's been here before. Look for Tim Rotans to have a huge, huge game. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, think, I, I, I think he, he's a match. This line is just a matchup nightmare. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you know he's uh, you know he's a, a super super smart player, and you know obviously when you've been to. You know, every single year that he's been at Maryland so far, you know, his last game of the season has been the national championship. So when you're playing that much, you know, high level across and, you know, when you have skill like Tim Rotans, like obviously you have to be a smart player. And I I don't think that anyone is, uh, I don't know if I want to say, I don't know if anyone is, but I think that he's one of the best in the country at understanding that as soon as he draws a slide, move it real quick, get it to the yeah. back end, let a kid like, uh, you know, like Bubba Fairman take the ball at X, put a kid in the back of the net. But I, I think that, you know, Rotans, like you said, doesn't get enough credit or respect as he deserves. Um, but he's a very smart player and he gets a lot of things started on that Maryland, uh, on that Maryland offense. Um, you know, he's, he's not always going to be the guy who finishes it, uh, but he definitely gets things started. And so I, I think, you know, with how deep Maryland is um, and, and with how much they've been here in the past, like I, I don't really know what it's going to take for Duke to win this game besides just making sure that, that their offense just comes out and, and just snaps. Like, um, you know, I, I think, you know, this is going to be a game where, you know, both these teams are, are probably going to have their runs. Uh, I, I think that Duke just needs to make sure that they don't go into any lulls where they're not scoring for a long period of time, because if that happens, that's where Maryland's going to be able to kind of smell that blood in the water and then just start to take over. So I, I think as long as Duke's getting their goals regularly, like consistently, uh, and and not going through any you know like 10, 12 minute stretches where they can't get anything going offensively. I, I still like that. I still like their offense to, you know, come away with the, the big time goals and, and just, I still like them coming. I'm going Duke in this one. I, I think that, you know, going to four straight national championships is yeah, I mean, they're, they're here. They're here already. So like, it, it doesn't really make a difference how many they've, they've gone <laughs> to before. Cause they're in the final four. Uh, but I just think that, you know, I think that this is a Duke team that kind of has, uh, not that they want it more, but I, th- I think that they just have a little bit more on the line right now. And I think, you know, with that in mind and with how af- effective their offense is, I would like them to come out on top of a close game. But again, it's going to come down to if, if they have any stretches where they're not scoring, 
that's where Maryland is going to, you know, they're going to put their foot on your throat and just keep stepping down harder. I think you're right with that exact mentality. Maryland is a team that if they smell blood in the water, they are going to take advantage of it. As far as my Duke Maryland pick goes, I think I speak for everyone when I say I just think we we want a really really good game and we want this game to live up to the hype, just like the game we anticipated, the Denver Albany game lived up to the hype. We need this Duke Maryland game to live up to the hype. As far as the winner, I'm going there with you. We're gonna have two of the same picks this weekend. I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. Um, if you guys listen to the interview in this episode. I'm I'm on this Duke uh, this Duke Blue Devil bandwagon. You'll see me rolling the the sideline, rolling the stadium with uh, with my T-shirt on. You know, big supporter of them. Big big uh, shout out to Brad Smith, a Mountain Lakes alumni, where I went to high school. And hey, man, number nine starting attackman Sean Lowry, his hometown, Foxborough, Massachusetts. Nice little homecoming for them, and. If history repeats itself, the STX helmets, no free ads, they do pretty, pretty well Memorial Day weekend. North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina. Last year was Ohio State. Uh, <clears throat> trying to think uh, who, who was before that. but nah, that, that, that could just be it. But um, going, going back to my reasoning behind them, I think they're a very senior-driven team, and the seniors that aren't stepping up are these juniors that have been there before and are locker room presences. You know, you got Danny Fowler, who, you know, we've said it multiple times, been there for 15 years, knows what he's doing. He's going to have them ready on the back end. He's holding everyone accountable. You know, this is a team that I see when they play lacrosse, they have a lot of fun. And when you're playing lacrosse and you're loose, but you're also effective and you're having fun, that's when you're playing at your best. And this Duke team is doing it. You know, their game against Hopkins very much impressed me. Although Hopkins played absolutely kind of like Loyola, like you said before. They, they played horrendously, I thought. But, you know, you hold them – you hold any team to under 10 goals in Division One lacrosse, you're going to win. Um I'm looking across the board. Every team that they basically held under 10 goals, they, they've won. And if they can, it's going to be hard. But if they can hold this Maryland team to 11 to 10 goals this game, I, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see Duke on top here. And I think in between the lines, I think Duke's a better team. I, I got Duke with this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. We're both going Duke. Um, but like I mentioned, I mean, there there are only four teams left playing college across for a reason because these four teams yeah, are again. nasty. Uh, so I mean, th- those are the picks. But uh, not to be like Stephen A. Smith here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went completely the opposite way. Uh, but yeah, those are the picks: the Danes and the Devils. Uh, so what's going to happen is we're, uh, you know, so we, we mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier in the episode. So we are going to be driving up Saturday morning to Gillette. We will be there. I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, we'll be bumping around from tailgate to tailgate. I, I know, uh, you know, we'll make a, at least a pit stop at the Albany tailgate, a pit stop at the uh, Duke tailgate before we have to uh, head in for the weekend. Uh, but so we'll be there at Gillette for these Saturday games. If you guys are going to be there, let us know. Hit us up on socials at the Crease Dive on both uh, 
you know, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up on our personal feeds. Uh, let us know where you guys are going to be at. We'll come find you. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll drink some cold ones. We'll get ready for this weekend of lax. Um, after the Saturday games, we'll uh, we'll probably we'll we'll probably hit a live show or something like that. Just to recap, uh, you know, the the semifinal. Go games. back, hit, hit, yeah, go back, hit a little recap, and then uh, be out and about. Like you said, hit us up in the DMs. DMs are always open, but we will be boots on the ground. Um, quick shout out again. To JT and Fowler for coming on. I know it's a really, really busy week, so really appreciate them taking the time out of their um, championship prep schedule to hop on the podcast and discuss. But yeah, Jordy, we will be after the games. We're gonna hit a hit a little uh, live episode, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah, and close us yeah, out. Well, real quick before we get uh, closed out here, I just want to real quick uh, g- got to give D two and D three their shine. Uh, I feel like they, they usually oh, yeah. get overshadowed here. <laughs> Um, but you know, we'll be around all weekend. So we will probably be heading into those games on Sunday. Uh, so for the D2 game, uh, I'm, I'm going St. Leo over Merrimack. Uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, I had, had a couple friends who had down to St. Leo. So I got to pick them, got to ride with them. And then in the, I'm Merrimack there. And then in the D3 game, give me Wesleyan over Salisbury. I'm ready to see, uh, I'm fucking sick and tired of Salisbury. Uh, oh, I, I'm 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 right there with you as Wesleyan. Love Wesleyan. Got a couple boys on the team. Yeah, Wesleyan. And we're, and we're not and we're not even a couple. I mean one. Uh, shout out to another. He's a teammate of Brad Smith. They were teammates uh, in high school. Xander Coatsen. So be on the lookout for those two little uh, Mountain Lakes legends. Yeah. So make sure that you give uh, the D two and D three their shine uh, this week. You know, give, give them. Uh, you know, give them the respect that they deserve. They, they're Playing in the national championship this weekend. That's no joke. Uh, and, you know, those teams. Yeah, I, I just want to say real quick, you know, you talk about giving them their shine. You're right. They definitely do get overlooked. But, I mean, I'm sure you could definitely agree with this. There are multiple, multiple D3, D2 teams that could beat some of the D1 teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like you're going to go in there Sunday and, like, you're, you're going to see nasty lacrosse. Like, these yeah. teams are no joke. They're all stacked. Uh, you know, they're the best teams in, in the nation in their division, and they're some of the best teams in the nation, period. Uh, so, I mean, you're going to see some great lacrosse all weekend long. Two games on Saturday for the D1 semifinal, two games on Sunday for the D2 and D3 finals, and then Monday, 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 we've got the national championship. So, uh, you know, we'll have it all covered again. Boots on the ground at Gillette. Let us know if you're going to be there. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be on the road heading up to Gillette, going uh, you know from Philly to New York to Foxborough. So if you're looking that that on the map, it is low to high to the day we die. Yeah.